Podcast One. Hi, this is Paul McIntyre. Welcome to the MI3 Audio Edition. I've been a business journalist for 25 years covering the marketing, media, agency and tech sectors. In this series, we talk to industry leaders about the global and local developments that you need to be across this week. Today, we jump into the world of professional services and the mighty consulting firms. Matt McGrath has just been appointed global CMO for Deloitte, and for now, he'll be doing that from Sydney. Matt once led WPP's big advertising unit in Australia, then known as George Patterson YNR, coming up through the creative ranks in advertising. He jumped across to media as Network 10's chief brand officer when his old ally Hamish McLennan was CEO. Hamish, of course, is now deputy chair at the big funds management group Magellan and chair of Rugby Australia. But after 10, Matt took a big turn left or right, take your pick, to become CMO at Deloitte Australia, running a marketing team of 250 people, which is bigger than many ad agencies in Australia today. He then took on the APAC CMO role for Deloitte and has just been appointed to the global gig. With Matt today is Deloitte's new Australian CMO and the first female in the role, Rochelle Tognetti. Rochelle's been with Deloitte for millennia, but before that, she was a digital marketer at online pure plays like travel.com and lastminute.com.au. So welcome and congrats, actually, to both of you. And to you first, Matt, uh, you've had a rapid rise through the Deloitte ranks. What's the secret sauce and, and how did this come about? And I don't think you'll be heading to New York anytime soon. Is that right? No, Paul, I certainly, no one's moving anywhere at the moment. Um, in our firm, we're all working from home. Basically, 95% of the people around the globe are working from home uh, and remote working. And look, I think the thing is, in terms of uh, where I've come from and, and how I've moved through the Deloitte firm at this point, it's it's been a really exciting ride. And I And I sort of credit it to the fact that working in advertising just taught me some amazing skills and particularly, you know, the creative and strategic thinking. And then moving into media was a was a fantastic experience as well. I loved working at Network 10 because, you know, there was this incredible experiment going on every night where we would do creative things for our programming and see the results the next morning. So it was a great way to learn, a great way to understand the media. And then so stepping into professional services was just a new, a whole new experience, a whole new uh, set of skills that I could sort of add to the things that I'd learned along the way. And it's just been a really, really exciting ride um, and something I've really enjoyed. So, and I'm lucky now to to have a global role and uh, and more things to worry about than I've ever had before. So Matt, before we get to your global agenda, how radically has, has COVID changed how a B2B firm Markets and professional services. You know, I think uh, we've, we were talking uh, in some weeks ago with Jody Sangster, CMO at IBM, about physical events. Now, they're historically in in B two B and in professional services are massively important, but through COVID, they've all but gone. Really, it's now uh, really incredibly crowded in the digital arena. So, what's been Deloitte's strategy to cut through? I really I imagine it's it's evolving, still evolving, for as it is for everyone by the day. COVID has just accelerated. Uh, the changes that were probably going on for all of us now just massively accelerated that change. So what was probably going to take five years has now taken about five months. So people are working much more virtually. People are working globally, much closer together. And people are starting to understand how do you present, how do you, how do you connect as teams across a region 
and how do you actually build relationships? And that's the real challenge for everybody today because a virtual uh, working together in a virtual environment is absolutely fine when you know the people and you have that existing relationship. Creating a relationship from scratch, getting gaining trust, and trust is a massive thing in in our in our uh, the global environment right now is how do you build trust in a virtual world with people you've never met before? So, you know, that's some of the challenges that we're trying to look at now in terms of client experiences, client presentations, client events, and really working through how we continue to operate as a as a firm of 320,000 people around the globe working with uh, you know, this incredible suite of clients that we have. Well, Rochelle, you're in the hot seat now in Australia. I guess I'll, I might ask you the same question in terms of how, uh, what's changed in, through COVID for, for how Deloitte in Australia, at least, goes to market, how it markets and goes to market without those physical experiences that are, have been important for B2B companies. What a fascinating time to be in marketing, hey? Um, and we did. We, we had to cancel a lot of our physical events and and they, for us, were so important in terms of uh, particularly the networking opportunities and that hum- human interaction with our clients. So it's been really great in terms of it's actually forced us to innovate. And that's a space that I absolutely love. And, and we're doing some really cool things, um, particularly in the space of our client labs. So we're bringing in uh, technology such as Miro, Zoom and Mentimeter, not just adopting the technology, but actually really using it to create powerful human experiences. Um, We never would have thought it would be possible to do this so quickly and so powerfully, connecting the technology in with our creative team, using them to create really compelling templates to somewhat... Uh, not replace that human connection point, but to create a different and really unique experience. So, yeah, we're doing some great stuff. It would be harder, I imagine, and at least at this stage, until you until we all sort stuff out to really measure uh, the engagement versus a physical event, though, Rochelle. You, at least you, you can eyeball people, you get feedback, you can have that interaction. How do you actually know if someone's got the screen on uh, and they're watching or they're doing something differently? I know I'm guilty of that even on some of the webinars that, and some of the things I've been doing where you go, I can multitask here, and you've got one ear on and one ear out. Does that, is that any challenge or is it just, um, is it just me making some stuff up? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's still a challenge with the clients and internally to know that people are paying attention. There's a couple of really good little tricks and I think definitely the art of the facilitator and, and using experienced facilitators who are looking out for those cues, the people who's, who have lost eye contact on cameras, uh, using Mintimeter and surveys at different points throughout the interaction. Right. And we still follow up all of our sessions and, and we talk directly and we get that feedback. How was the session? Was it engaging? There's still lots of little ways that you can gauge that, but I think it's it's challenging our facilitators to to really think carefully about how they facilitate a session and how they do judge how the session is going without that immediate human to human. Are you doing more, Rochelle? So instance, with some of the events you'd be involved in pre-COVID, the virtual or, or digital equivalent, are they more narrow or niche or more volume? How does it work in terms of that physical versus the digital arena that you're playing in now? I think initially it kind of exploded. And that was actually something that we took a moment to pause and, and really think about, do we need to do more? 
Uh, and as we've got smarter, we've, we've actually consolidated uh, those. We've not always replaced the physical with a virtual medium. Sometimes that's just not been appropriate. Um, so we've, we started going more. We pulled that back. We thought carefully about what we're trying to achieve, whether a virtual medium is the appropriate replacement or whether it was better just to pause it altogether. And there were, when we have introduced the virtual medium, we've been thinking long and hard about what is the right time to keep that level of engagement. And, and what we've seen is shorter, uh, more punchier meetings with much more diversity in content is really starting to hit the mark. Can I just add in there, Paul, just a few absolutely. couple of comments? You know, I think that's absolutely right. You really have to think differently about a virtual meeting versus a physical event. And uh, when we did the Australian Financial Review Banking and Wealth Summit uh, earlier in the year, you know, I said to them, this is like a TV program. We've got four to five hours. We've got to maintain that attention. We've got to think about uh, how do we can keep people engaged and to keep it exciting and interesting. And so, you know, cutting things right back, making sure people have very, very concise uh, ideas about what they're trying to present and what you're trying to get out of it. And then just understanding the human instincts to that people are going to need time out. And, you know, the whole a Zoom meeting I was reading recently is like four times more taxing on your, you mentally than just a physical meeting because it's quite intense having to sit there in a small group and actually be focused on the screen to be present, to be present the whole time. So, you know, I think you have to think differently about it, but this is the new world that we've entered and uh, it doesn't look like it's it's going to uh, be changing soon. Um, so we have to get used to it and make the most of it. Just on that, Matt, there's a lot of talk in, in and around other professional services sectors like agencies, for instance, in virtual pitching. Now, I know part of your marketing team in Australia, that's part of their big remit is to facilitate the pitches. Have you been doing, or to both of you really, have you been doing virtual pitches or they tend to be in presentations or are they still? have you done some stuff in person when you've got new business development, for instance? Virtual pitching is just the norm today. You know, I mean, you literally look at our office in Victoria, where Victoria, we can't do any physical presentations or we can't be involved in that. But business has gone on. You've seen what's happened in, in the economy in Australia. There's still a huge amount of work happening in financial services, in government, in all sorts of other areas in terms of digital transformation. So that whole area has just changed. And I think I don't think we're ever going to fully go back. I think this will become part of the norm. This will become part of our skill set, part of how we operate as a business. And I think that's a really positive. I think that's going to be a great thing for everybody because it's going to allow more flexibility. People like Paul, you, Paul, you can live anywhere. And I am. I know you are. <laughs> yes. um, I want to come back to that theme. Uh, but, Rochelle, first, uh, Matt talked earlier about how things have accelerated uh, through COVID and what might have taken five years is, is taking five months. And I've heard that quite consistently across many sectors. For you and the marketing team and what inside Deloitte, this is, I imagine, probably accelerated all your data and technology systems, you know, customer experience, MarTech, CRM, are all your pipes as a B2B marketer connected or is that happening at pace now? <laughs> Great question. And I wouldn't quite say all our pipes are yet connected, but it's certainly our focus 
at the moment. We're really serious about this, Paul. Um, recently, we rolled out Salesforce only two months ago. I mean, that was a big call in the middle of COVID for us to continue with that project. But, but we made that choice because we're really serious about our investment in uh, understanding our client and understanding our client intimately. So we've, we've got all the right pipes, I'd say, uh, and our focus now is on connecting them. And it's just so incredibly important, firstly for the client, in really understanding and making client experiences across all of the digital channels from web to email and events, making sure they're consistent and relevant for our client. Uh, and also for our people. I mean, there's nothing more disheartening than spending your day doing admin, trying to get information and data out of systems that aren't connected. So we're not quite there yet, but the investment in Salesforce was the last piece in the puzzle for us. And now we're really focused. And, and so there's lots of talk in, in the marketing sector about AI and how it's deployed. Are, are you guys up to any strategies? What's your strategy on AI and, and, and so forth, Rochelle? We're investing heavily in AI across the business, but really in the marketing team. Um, I'm really encouraging our guys to test the AI technology uh, and really understand how that's going to be of benefit to our team. Where we've seen some great success is using chatbots in particular. So uh, our brand team who traditionally manage a lot of inquiries across the business uh, around brand-related matters are now using a, a chatbot called Brandy. Is that IP to Deloitte or is that, is that beyond? It's beyond. Um, uh, using chatbots to actually uh, manage those repeat, repeatable questions, uh, take their time for, or allow them to focus their time on actually more meaningful brand work rather than just managing uh, the day-to-day questions. So we've been been seeing some great success in the chatbot space. And that's that's in terms of using it for the Deloitte internally for your different divisions and people that are coming to the central department of marketing to come up to, for, for something. Is that right? That's right. So we've been using it internally and using ourselves as a bit of a testing ground before we start to take that out to clients and look at how we might use uh, technology such as that on our web platforms. It's a big test really, isn't it? Because your people, aren't, they don't take kindly to um, something that's not very intelligent. Are your divisions happy? <laughs> they are happy. They're keeping up and uh, we're, we're lucky we've got a lot of specialist skills in Deloitte that know what they're doing in this space. So we've designed them well and yes, their Brandy has been well accepted into the team. Well, I want to have a chat with Brandy at some stage. Next uh, theme I really want to get from you guys is um, is this whole work from home uh, through COVID and what's been what's been the impact on marketing and the broader business. Matt, you could probably talk uh, more more at a at a regional and global level, but uh, first to Rochelle, uh, work from home. Most of your people are working from home. Do you have a rotation in the office? How does it work? And what's been the impact on I guess on the marketing team, how it operates, and culture. The vast majority of our people are working from home. So we kept our offices open uh, as much as we could through COVID. So there was always a place that people could go if they needed to. Um, But recently with the changes out through Victoria, we've had to close the Melbourne office. But we're incredibly lucky. What we we do can be done virtually. So uh, we really encouraged our people to work from home and the vast majority of our team are and absolutely are when it comes to Melbourne. We're really lucky at Deloitte. Our technology was largely there. There was a couple of components missing, so we brought in Zoom. Uh, teams, uh, we had a light release, but now that's that's well used across the entire team. So. 
first priority was getting everyone safe. Uh, and then second priority was getting the technology in there to make sure everyone can do their day-to-day job. And we have been so pleasantly surprised at how well virtual working has been for our team, how, how successful it's been. We have never been so collaborative and, and it's really blown my mind what we've been able to do across virtual mediums. It's really helped us break down all of those barriers, whether it be a team level or a geography level. So we've had some great success. Uh, Some of our team have never been so fit. I think a lot of us made the original mistake of replacing the commute with working uh, and very quickly learnt that that you're going to burn out quickly if we continued that. So, um, yeah, a lot of our team have been using their time wisely and using that commute time to actually get their exercise and well-being in. I thought you were going to say replace the commute with wine, which is my, what I might have done, but um, we won't disclose too much about that. How about culture, um, Rochelle, in terms of the emerging leaders in your team and how, for the older among us, we sort of kind of adapt, but there's still a, a human element in culture and, and social and, and building up culture inside a team for the for the younger people, the emerging leaders, um, how are you managing that? And do you think it's an issue down the track? We've been thinking creatively about how do we continue to, to encourage that culture amongst the team. We've got a regular quiz that happens across the national team. We've had yoga. Uh, I'm a meditation teacher. I've run meditations. We've had sessions on how to draw. The junior guys, they're an area I'm particularly uh, keen to keep in contact with want to make sure that they feel really so well supported through this period so again you know Matt and I have had lunches with the junior teams make a point of calling them when we can so if we're in an email conversation I'll pick up the phone and just check in and say how are you so we've worked really hard to try and create a virtual culture and pick up the momentum that we had in the offices. Matt, what's your sense or expectation on the other side of COVID? We will get there at some point in the future um, for in-office and work-from-home ratios and flexibility. How how do you see that playing out? Paul, I don't think we're ever going to go back completely. There was a huge amount of scepticism about how effective we could operate as a firm globally, not just our firm, but pretty much every other large multinational firm, I think, didn't think that what we have achieved could have been achieved. We could be just as productive, uh, work just as closely and still have people working virtually. So I don't think uh, the global business community is ever going back fully to the way that we were before. So I think that that change has happened. Of course, offices are going to be important. Of course, people are going to want to work together and and to connect together, particularly those younger uh, members of staff and people that join the organisation. They need to feel part of something and physically meeting does, does have its advantages. But I just think going forward, we are going to have this mix of virtual and physical worlds. And it's a great, one of the great silver linings that we've had out of the COVID experience. I think that's one of the great outcomes uh, of this period is uh, the, the liberal thinking around people should work where they perform and do their best work. If that's at home, if that's in the office, if that's a hybrid. I think that's where I want to see us go. Not, I don't need ratios. I don't need to see the people. I just want them to be doing their best stuff wherever that is. So you don't think that you as a, as a, as a divisional head needs to mandate your people in the office at least two days a week? You won't lay down boundaries, perimeters on that? No, I don't no. see that as necessary. 
You're the same, Matt. No, we've had a lot of flexible work arrangements at Deloitte anyway. And this is this is like everything at COVID, it's accelerated again. So I don't think we're going to expect people to have to do certain days. We just want them to to perform and enjoy working at the firm. That's that's all that's the most important. Very interesting. So back to the universe, Matt, and your role. Uh, what is the global remit for you? What does Deloitte want to achieve uh, in in you taking this gig? I think the most important thing that I can contribute going forward, working with Deloitte, uh, Deloitte's marketing globally and their brand team, is really bringing together the best ideas from around the globe. I really see that we've got a great community now. We've got a group of people that over the last two or three years have built a bit of a fraternity. Uh, and so we all know each other. We understand each other's regions more. We're all starting to work much, much more closely together. And that's one of the great benefits of COVID is it's dragged everybody together. Everybody's in the same boat. And, you know, it's built much uh, stronger relationships too because, you know, you the first thing you do when you get on, the, uh, on a call with somebody in another part of the world is you talk to them about their experiences, what they're, how they're feeling, what's happening in their environment. You're actually getting a closer relationship just as a, as a, as a, as a byproduct of what's been happening to everybody in the world. So I think everybody feels much closer. I, my role really is to take the best thinking from Deloitte wherever it is in the world and help use that as for the Deloitte firm globally, because we need to speak with one voice, you know, on our on the most important issues for our clients. So, and we've got some brilliant people all in different parts of the world, some amazing people in Canada, UK, the US teams, uh, awesome, and Asia. So there's an incredible diversity of thinking, lots of people working on similar problems for clients. So my role is how do I bring that best thinking together uh, recirculated around the globe so that we have the most impactful brand and marketing strategies of, of any of the professional services firms. It's it's no small feat though. I think you, and I, I guess some of the other, uh, some of your competitors the same, but you talked about how Deloitte globally is, is, is almost like a federation. There's lots of individual firms in their markets that are essentially driving it on themselves. This is almost a new, a, a very new development, I imagine, to try and bring some of that together, at least on the marketing and brand side. And by the way, can I also ask about how important brand is in the Deloitte world? The first point really, you know, in terms of it is a ferry, it's a group of partnerships around the globe. We have uh, an, a number of firms around the globe. But the thing is about Deloitte, and it comes up time and time again in research, is that there's a collegial attitude about our firm. We do want to work together, compare more, more closely than the other professional services firm. We have got more of an attitude of of that hunger to learn from each other and to and to collaborate. So I do think that's a differentiator for us and I think that's helped us uh, make this change more easily. In terms of what the brand means to Deloitte, it's one of the number one priorities for us globally because having the trust of our organisation, having people understand the strength of what we can do for their business is absolutely vital. And, and you know, Deloitte's been lucky enough for the last two years to be the to be named uh, by Brand Finance, the number one professional services, the number one financial uh, services brand uh, around the globe. So we've got this in, you know, we have got a lot of esteem where there's nothing like when you're on top, you have to maintain that. So how do we continue to lead? How do we continue to build our brand uh, going forward is, is really very, very important. It's a top priority 
for the global executive. So we talked about brand, which is classic territory for you uh, in your previous roles, either in media or in advertising. Uh, I want to ask you about media as well, Matt. So, you know, in terms of Deloitte's choice of media and what it's using now as a marketing tool, uh, what is it? Is it still mainstream? Are you in digital now? Are you in social? And, and, and who and how and what? Yeah, I mean, we've, we've definitely pivoted to digital and social. I think most other brands globally are doing that same thing right now because people simply aren't traveling the way they were. We had a very successful uh, advertising campaign in airports around the globe, which was, you know, has, has had fantastic, phenomenal results for the brand. But people simply aren't traveling. So digital and social has been where we've pivoted to. We're seeing some fantastic results in that. We're really, we're still learning like everybody how to optimize things, how to work in different parts of the world. There's so many cultural differences. There's so many differences in parts of the, the world in terms of what's available and what platforms you can use. But that's been a really exciting part of the challenge and another great you know, learning experience for me working with the teams around the globe to see how do we do the most effective digital and social marketing we possibly can do. I think you talked earlier about, you know, you use LinkedIn a lot. Can you do brand on LinkedIn, for instance? Yeah, I'm, I look, we are a huge advocate of LinkedIn. It's a great partner of ours. We use it, we believe, you know, as a very effective medium to, to reach targeted, uh, with targeted communications. I think you can build brands uh, definitely in the social and digital space. I think the most important thing, like everything, is all about understanding your customer. So you really have to demonstrate your understanding and you really have to have some consistency in the way that you're presenting what your brand is about. And, you know, we've been doing brand research every single year for the last four years since since I've joined the firm. So we've got a pretty good read now on what's happening, how our brand's improving, the things that are the key levers for us that are going to drive our brand going forward. So our game plan hasn't changed, just the mediums have just changed and we've pivoted more to that digital and social space. So look, I've got a couple more questions and I promise I'm going to let you go and, and run the run the empire or run the universe anyway, Matt and Rochelle. I'm genuinely interested in this idea that the consulting sector you know, has experienced perhaps at least a decade of enviable growth uh, from many of us, including someone who's in media and publishing who looks and goes, gee, I wish I'd have a bit of that. I'll have a bit of that, please. But the issue now, I guess, through COVID and what's happening is um, growth is probably more challenged for the sector, not just Deloitte's, but for your for your contemporaries as well, more challenged than, than ever. It would that be the case and no pressure but does that mean sort of marketing is more important than ever too for Deloitte? I think marketing's not more important than it ever was before. I think marketing has always been uh, extremely important for the brand. I think the if you look at what's happening with with the economies and around the globe is that consulting uh, is going to become more and more important because we have to remake and rebuild our economies right now And the sort of skills that are in our consulting businesses are going to be absolutely the fundamentally required to transform economies, to transform to a more sustainable economy, to allow people to uh, to create more medical breakthroughs in life sciences, and to actually just to begin to rebuild and to revitalize these economies. So professional services are hugely still in demand. Consulting is going to be more and more critical. You can see those changes in digitization for whether it's a consumer business or retail business or whether it's a mining business. 
those things haven't changed and everybody's accelerated those uh, those needs. So I think consulting is going to continue to grow and, and be more and more important. So I think there's a bright future for those uh, for those parts of professional services. A quick final cheeky question for you, Matt, which is I know that in, in your past you've had quite a bit to do with uh, Sir Martin Sorrell, who's now ex, obviously ex-WPP and now S4 Capital. Uh, the irony, I want your take on the irony, I guess, of Deloitte Digital's Global boss Andy Maine moving across to WP to run Ogilvy uh, globally. Fascinating move, and this 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 move you you've gone from that sector into consulting. He's actually gone from Deloitte to WPP and trying to fix up, I guess, and reorganise a, a big old advertising agency. Is this another sign, I guess, of of convergence between consulting and marketing and the marketing services sector? How do you see that? And and is there some irony with Andy going uh, to Ogilvy? It's your old turf. Like I think one of the things you, you mentioned, Martin Sorrell. Martin Sorrell is an absolutely brilliant man, and I think what he's done in remaking S4 Capital as as a remaking of uh, what advertising should be, I think is it's an absolutely brilliant model. I think you know, yes, we do a lot of work in digital. We have got some amazing skills within Deloitte Digital. It's a great brand, a great business, and I think it's an enviable business. It's it's certainly much closer to the vision of the future, I think, that Sir Martin Sorrell's got than perhaps a lot of advertising agency networks have been. So I think we're in a very good space. People are very interested in uh, in what's happening in professional services and it only can demonstrate the, um, you know, that, that what we're doing right now in our space and with Deloitte Digital is so powerful that they want to, they want our talent just like the uh, we used to recruit from the advertising agencies, now the agency's recruiting from us. I think that we can only take that as a great right. compliment. It's a fair point. And one final one there is around creativity. I've got to ask you, you're a creative guy historically, still probably am. But the the creative culture that sometimes uh, the agencies will say they've got an execution and creative culture inside, even the consulting firms, as much as you're innovative and lateral and a whole bunch of things, um, it is... It is maybe not as creative uh, as what is required or needed in some parts of um, of industry. Uh, you're on both sides. What do you what do you make of that? What do you say to that? I think people have this misconception about what happens inside a company like Deloitte because there's an incredibly creative bunch of people. I mean, these people are creating literally robotics. They're creating these uh, leaps in technology. There's incredible creative people that are that are creating and designing uh, brilliant uh, digital experiences. There's some fantastic uh, traditional creative skills like writing and art direction. So I think people don't really understand the gamut. What they see is some of our other services, which are really very important and, and uh, tend to be uh, done in the other hemisphere of the brain. But there's this incredible group of creative people within Deloitte. And I think it's a very formidable uh, and very innovative uh, organisation that I think people are going to see more and more of the, what's possible from, from companies like Deloitte and be very surprised going forward. Rochelle, final question to you and I promise you I'll leave you both alone. Um, you're, a, you're a 13-year veteran at Deloitte, uh, but before that, you're a digital marketer at online pure plays like travel.com and, and Last Minute, as we mentioned earlier. Um, what, what, just to, really interesting, what's been the biggest change and challenges that you've seen for digital marketing in your career, and particularly today, now that everyone's doing it and everyone's investing heavily, uh, it's, there's, there's enormous amounts of competitive intensity and skill set changes. Uh, just give us a quick take on, on, on the change that you've seen in, the, in however long it's been. Yeah, it's been an interesting ride um, through B2C world and now in B2B. 
And when I first started out back at travel.com in the 90s, um, digital marketing was purely the domain of IT and the small number of marketers such as myself that had some sort of technical skills through today where it's just a ticket to play. I mean, all of our marketers really need to understand the landscape and know how to use the digital marketing tools. And you're right, the, the choice is overwhelming. For the last three years, I've been running the operations of our department. And, and even in that period, now that I look back over the fence, the choice is, it's just exploded. So the choice is a real challenge, knowing who to use, knowing who has the right skill set capabilities. We're super lucky at Deloitte that we have a really good understanding of this landscape and so I've always got someone I can call in the business to get their advice. Uh, the other challenge I see is that there's a lot of people implementing the right techno technology platforms but, but it's more than that. So simply adopting the tools isn't enough. It's knowing how to use the, all the tools in a very human way with empathy uh, and how to elevate the experiences beyond just the tools. You, you might have Miro to do a virtual training lab, but, but that's not enough. It, it, you need to elevate the experience along with the tool. So lots of changes in the period. Great point. And that is definitely something that I, I hear amongst uh, the marketing community a lot is the, the frustration now is that it's just not the tools and the technology that addresses the issue. Uh, there's a whole lot more and it's just that not being, not I guess, not being too wooed by the message that technology will, will help everything when you need much more than that. Correct. Just because you invested in it doesn't mean that you've solved for the problem. Listen, um, I've taken enough of your time. Matt McGrath, Rochelle Tognetti, thanks so much for your time. Good luck. Stay safe. Good to talk. Thank you, Paul. Same to you. Great to talk to you, mate. Thank you. MI3 Audio Edition was presented by Paul McIntyre, that's moi, in collaboration with Podcast One Australia. Producer Nick Slater, music by Matt Dwyer. For more episodes, go to podcastone.com.au or search MI3 Audio Edition on Apple Podcasts and hit the subscribe button.